0: Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Roundtable, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today we are discussing six months abroad, plus a little bit. What I have learned, the good, the bad, the indifferent. So as some of you know, who have followed this podcast and the YouTube channel, etc., or YouTube channels, etc., I decided to move abroad here in December 2022. I had never left the States before. I'd never even gotten on the plane before, so this was a big step. Now, are there any things I would have done differently preparing for my move now after six months of retrospection that I didn't do before I left? There are quite a few things I would do differently if I had the chance to do them over now. But really, given the information I had at the time I left the States, I think I did pretty good, except for that last harried night packing. I literally was packing up to 40 minutes before I left in the early morning, like for my 4 a.m. pickup before my flight. That was stupid. But everything else, I have to say, I think given the information I had, I did pretty good, but given the time I've had away... I would definitely do my move differently. Now, when I left the States, I left in winter time, and I wasn't sure where I was going exactly, because I knew the country I was going to land in, but then I thought, well, I might go here or I might go there. So I need to pack both summer and winter and spring, kind of fallish clothes, so I'm all prepared. I need extra shoes, extra boots, extra everything, because they might not have, you know, squishy little things to play with when you're stressed during an English lesson for Mm -hmm. example in the countries you're going to so I packed a lot of stuff now the things that I did before moving though was I moved from a two-bedroom apartment which was fully furnished because if I do anything I usually do it very well. And my apartment was very, very nice, very, very furnished. So before I left, I about six months before I left, I started to get rid of furniture up until like the final half month before I left. I got rid of all my furniture, save a china hutch I got when I graduated high school and some small furniture from my childhood because I just couldn't part with it at that point now in retrospect i would probably get rid of most of the furniture except maybe a couple of pieces from my childhood because i'm not probably moving back to the states and that china hutch is probably going to a friend so it's like why do i need to pay storage on that but at that point i'm a high-function autistic and Routine is very important, and knowing that I had my things to come back to if I needed them was very important. So if I was going to advise someone else when they're moving abroad for a while and they're uncertain of if they're moving back to the States, I would tell them, put anything that you would regret not having if you move back in a storage unit. It's like I talked with one of my my best friends and his wife, and um, she said, you know, Anna, did you, did you save your things in storage? And I said, yes, yes, I saved my things in storage because I'm not sure if I'm coming back to the States. I'm not sure if I'm staying abroad. And that just gives me a little bit of a safety net in case. And she's like, I am so glad you did that before I left. And I'm like, you know, I think that was a wise decision. Now, after being abroad for six months, I can honestly say I'm not sure where this ship is headed, but... I'm almost 100% sure I'm probably not going back to the States to live permanently again because I love it overseas. I mean, I love it way more than I thought I would love it overseas. And I really thought I would love it overseas, but Mm -hmm. I'm like, I really, really do. And it's not that I'm anti the U.S. at all. It's just me and my lifestyle. It's much more comfortable to live abroad than it ever was any day in the States. So, and I'll explain that here a little later, maybe in part two of this blog. But anyway, so I put my things in storage before I left. Again, I would still do that, but with the information I have now, I would probably only put the bare essentials in, like family albums, family books that you've had since you're a kid, those kinds of things that you cannot replace and that you probably would ship to your new home overseas definitely put those in. Now, for the packing of things, when I left, I packed clothes, shoes, boots, sneakers, sandals, headsets, earbuds, you name it, it went in the bag. So I had like literally about 50-60 kilograms of luggage when I left the States. In retrospect, all my earbuds broke. I brought like six pairs of earbuds. Some of my friends thought it was crazy to bring six pairs of earbuds but I was worried I might not be able to get the earbuds overseas. You can get earbuds in any country you visit almost overseas. So that was not something I needed to bring and they literally all broke. I'm not sure if it's because they suffered some tragedy during the flight that made them break more easily but all the earbuds, most of the headsets except for my two JLAB ones, kind of just went the way of electronics <laughs> so it was just kind of chaotic with the technology oh and one of my bluetooth speakers also broke so any technology i would just buy when you get where you're going because if your experience will be anything like mine it's probably going to break on the way it could break once you get there it's just better to buy it there so that i would do now on the clothes. The clothes is the one thing that I kind of wish I had brought some more of the clothes in my size. I am tall. I'm about 170 centimeters tall. I'm also not the skinniest person on the planet. I'm not excessively large, but I'm like medium, I would say. So, because of that, it is very, very hard to find clothes. Overseas. I have tried different stores. The closest thing I could find was when I was in Taiwan. I went to NET Fashion. If you go to the guy section, they do have like jeans that will fit and shirts that will fit. The girl section is not made for American women. It's if you're tall, it's just not going to work. And if you have hips, that is no offense to the clothing companies. It's just when you are in Asian countries. Most women do not have very much hips nor large bust areas. So because of that, it is very, very important to bring clothes. Now, on the clothes, I have been to Taiwan, Thailand, Vietnam. I'm going to Malaysia later this year, probably, and also Korea and Japan. But and maybe India. I'm not sure not one. We'll see. But anyway, on the clothes. I would definitely bring shirts. I would definitely bring unders, socks, and underwear. I would definitely bring bras because you're going to need those if you're a woman. If you're a guy, unders and socks would be important but um, because the socks also are a little iffy. Now, in Taiwan, you can get good socks, like if you go to Poya. But if you're in, like, Thailand, for example, or Vietnam, I really couldn't find a good place to get socks, to be honest, I'm sure they're there. Maybe like the Big C. I didn't check there when I went to Thailand, but maybe they have socks. I don't know. But it is best just to bring those kind of things. Jeans, I would not bring jeans. Unless you're in Taiwan during like the cold weather season, which runs from like December... I'd say it usually runs from like November to mid-March. So in that time of year, you could definitely get away with wearing jeans. In all the other countries, you're going to be miserable wearing jeans. So I felt kind of stupid that I packed so many pairs of jeans because you really don't use them very much and you really could use the extra weight for something more valuable like shirts or bras in my case. So the other thing is you need to bring more, I don't mean it wear elastic-based clothing like bras or underwear than you think you need because if you are in these semi-tropical or tropical countries, your clothing is going to wear out sooner than you expect it to it's just the way it is with the heat and the humidity. So I had to throw away quite a few pieces of clothing, including t-shirts and like, I think a pair of jeans even went the wayside, because it just doesn't withstand the temperature, the humidity and the heat. So I definitely recommend bringing extras. Also a sun hat is very helpful. Now, do you need to bring medications? All that I literally bought like a first aid kit of massive proportions with, a, like five hundred Tylenol, five hundred ibuprofen, five hundred you know you know Vicks vapor rub, antibiotic ointment. You name it, I had it in my bag. I honestly don't feel I needed to bring anything except probably the painkillers because if you are in Asian countries, because it's the only places I've been, it is very hard to find extra strength Tylenol or extra strength ibuprofen. So I would definitely recommend bringing those things. The other thing that I would recommend bringing is if you do have this base, I would bring an I know this sounds weird because I said don't worry about your earbuds or whatever, but I would definitely bring two phones. The reason is, is if you're using the SIM cards in the different countries, sometimes your phones can glitch up after having used multiple SIM cards. This gives you a backup phone without you having to run around like a chicken without a head. When you're in an airport because your SIM card isn't working in one phone, you can just rip out your other phone and go, ah, here you go. You can try this one. I actually brought three Samsung phones with me and one of them's is an LG, I think. But I am very, very glad I brought those. I also brought my three computers. Again, very, very glad I brought the computers. So those are the things that I would definitely recommend. So unders, bras, elastic things, also maybe t-shirts, um, minimal jeans because you just won't need them, and skirts are cool kind of cottony pants to walk around in. I also, even though these countries I have visited are very warm countries, if you are going to Taiwan in the wintertime, having boots or rainproof shoes is very, very, very useful. I busted one pair of my Timberland boots in in Taiwan. I was like, I wore them a very, quite a bit when I was there. And I walked a lot. Like, one month i walked about 64 kilometers yeah i think that was in march i don't know but i walked quite a bit so because of that i ended up breaking my boots but um i have a tendency to do that i'm rough on my footwear and i also went through about two pair of sneakers since i've been away so i will say i much prefer my vans and my converse to the sneakers i can get overseas so i would definitely pack like converse or vans with a waterproof boot of some sort a lot of people here are walking around in sandals there is nothing wrong with walking around in sandals however sometimes to be completely honest, the streets are not the cleanest. So I really don't want my bare feet exposed to certain things on the road, whether we're talking about in Taiwan or in Vietnam or in Thailand. I will say in Taiwan, the streets are very, very clean. Usually you don't have ick around too much. But in Thailand and in Vietnam, especially when I was in Hanoi, um. I kind of was of the opinion that hell would freeze over before I wore sandals in that town. It's just not very clean on the roads at all. There is like kind of everywhere in the heart of Hanoi, So just prefer sneakers. <laughs> the other thing that you might want to invest in is if you want to go swimming etc i would definitely bring your own swimsuit because again the asian sizes can be a bit tricky to navigate now that is not to say you could not find the perfect swimsuit if you look hard enough but i don't like having to spend time doing that so anyway those are kind of the things i learned about my packing that might be better next time around now as for the initial leap into the unknown regarding flights, I had never been on a plane before when I left the States, like i mentioned previously, and I was quite frankly, a little nervous about that. I had considered my options, I was like, you know, are you willing to maybe go on a boat instead of take the plane? I'm like, no, I think I'd rather deal with going over the big blue ocean in a plane than going over the big blue ocean in a boat. So that's what I opted for but um, I was very, very high stress when I left on my first plane ride. It was a short transfer flight. So it was only like an hour, maybe an hour and a half flight, but I was like, I'm going to stay calm. I have my Labradite in my pocket. I am going to be perfectly fine and think happy flight thoughts. But honestly, after the initial liftoff, it was no problem. We had minimal turbulence. The view out the window was perfectly nice. I mean, there was nothing to be worried about. Now, once I made it to my one airport and I went to San Francisco Airport, again, great flight, no complaints. My flight from San Francisco to Taipei was the most regrettable decision I made on that trip because number one, I got a middle seat that was extremely uncomfortable. Um, I decided to go economy. If I had that to do over again, I would probably fork over the money for first class, as crazy as that may sound. Because a 13-hour flight in economy, if you are a tall person, and I could not put my feet down flat because they decided to put a metal beam on that part of the plane. So my feet were literally trying to balance on this weird little rise in the floor, as it were. Now, my seatmates were delightful human beings, but they also were very miserable in the economy size flight of, I think it was United I took. So I really, really hated that flight. And if I had it to do over, pay extra for the long flight to go first class or more foot room or, you know, even just a window or aisle seat instead of a middle seat because the middle seats are hellish. Now, when I landed in Taipei, I was kind of stressed because I was like, I am in a foreign country. I do not speak Chinese. I know how to say hello. I know how to say thank you. I know how to say sorry. I know how to say I want this. But other than that, I don't really know how to say nothing. (laughs) I'm from the Midwest, we sometimes say nothing. So anyway, And i know i'm an english teacher but i still say nothing so i was sitting there kind of stressed when we were landing the plane in taipei but then i get off and i'm like this is like a magical world i did not know existed the people are so nice I even had the security dogs come at me because I happened to have a meat sandwich in my pocket which I didn't even know because the other very nice person who was sitting next to me gave me a sandwich because he thought I was hungry because I had slept through the last meal so he had saved my sandwich for me and I had no idea that it had meat in it but when they realized I had the sandwich they were like miss it's okay we know you didn't mean to have meat on that sandwich you had no idea we'll take the dogs we'll take the sandwich it's okay so my my initial int- interplay with security was actually okay even though the dogs came at me for my sandwich so and you know in security in the u.s i had no trouble i had amazing security staff and the people in the baggage and all that could not have been nicer now i will say when i made it to san francisco airport i could not find a cart to save myself because they put them all on one side of the airport and if you're trying to lug two very huge duffel bags which oh the duffels i forgot to mention i had two rolling suitcases and two duffels i will never do duffels again in my life when i travel overseas duffels are for the newbies because if you have to lug two very heavy duffels of your possessions from one end of the airport to the other and the one duffel decides to rip in transit that is going to be hellish so from now on i just take rolling duffel backpacks that you can put on your back but that also roll along with you so it doesn't have that problem anymore but anyway that's a little side note but a very important one if you want to save your back so I land in Taipei. I get past security. I get past immigration. I thought it would be this huge, stressful deal. It is like the calmest thing ever. They are very, very nice. Even though I have all the suitcases with no wheels that I have to literally lug and move, and I cannot bring the card in because of security protocol. So it's a deal, but everyone is very nice. And then I, I um, go up to the counter and I'm like, I'm i'm staying here in taipei and this is my information and this is where i'm staying da, 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 da. so then i leave the airport i take a taxi 30 minutes into the city it cost me like 20 bucks i mean really it's super cheap to get taxis in taiwan i landed a very nice hotel although no. I will say I will never probably stay in a business hotel on purpose again because I didn't realize that's where people have romantic entanglements. I was like, I walked into my room and I'm going, I really think that I probably should. The reviews were really good for the hotel in English, but I'm like, maybe I should have checked the Chinese reviews because maybe they would have then said that there would be a condom and other paraphernalia beside the bed in case someone needed it. I'm like, well, since I'm here alone, I don't see me needing any of those things. <laughs> but I'm just saying that was a little unsettling when I first walked in. But I'm like, I was sitting there going, everything here seems very nice. The people here in Taiwan seem very nice. But I really don't know what this is doing on my nightstand, especially considering I am just here to conk after my airplane ride by myself. So, anyway, that was a little weird to try to adjust to. And I, I was sitting there going, have I landed in a place that is um, a little more, um, we'd say, wild than I thought it would be? And the truth is, is no, I did not. I just didn't realize that that hotel was probably not the best decision to stay. But it was like twelve at night, and I was going. I am too tired. I am going to bed. I don't care what the people around me are doing as long as they stay in their rooms and leave me alone. <laughs> so, and honestly, I think there was actually I don't think anyone in my floor except me. But anyway, maybe one other person, but yeah so i went to bed i got up the next morning i checked out i had my first taiwanese breakfast sandwich and they also brought in um i couldn't figure out what it was but it's like this um hangover rice drink and i'm like i have no hangover and i am by myself they really need to read the room a little more on this deal (laughs) anyway i was like i couldn't figure out what this weird drink was i was like hmm this is not a very appetizing beverage is it supposed to be healthful but i guess it helps if you have a hangover so i left my hotel in another taxi and i drove to um, damshui district where i had my apartment for one month my apartment was fabulous the only regret i have is It did not really have a workstation like they said it did, and the sofa was not really a sofa. But other than that, it was great, and I loved my time in Damsuri District. The only thing I did not love was that you have six lanes of traffic a lot of times when you're in Damsuri District, and the noise can be quite loud, although it's very convenient because you can get on the MRT to anywhere you need to go, and you can literally go like 20 minutes walk, and you're in a beautiful nature park. So it's not that big of a deal to live in the Damsuri district. But after a month, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go visit and explore different parts of Taiwan. So I went and explored. My initial conclusion on Taiwan is I have never really had that much romantic relationship because number one, I think it's not that I lack romantic inclination, but it's like I was talking to one of my students today and they were telling me how even though they're in a relationship now, in order to feel more passion, they sometimes read romance novels. And I'm like, you know, when I have free time, I like reading books on the history of the table of the elephant elements. I'm not sure exactly what that says about me, but maybe that's one of the reasons I'm still single. I don't know. So anyway, I'm like, I'm not a very romantic person, but I do realize after living in Taiwan for like five months I fell in love with Taiwan. It was like I messaged my friends back in the States when I left Taiwan this May. And I was like, you know, I have never really thought I had a type. There have been several times in the last few years when I have discovered I had a non-type. I mean, at least four times with people that I dated at one time or another. And I'm not saying that they were bad people. A couple of them like you were just jerks, but you know, that's okay. Power to you, have a good life. Anyway, I'm like, you know, I have decided that I have non-types but when I came to Taiwan I was like I have found my type. My type is embodied in this beautiful country which I was not expecting to fall in love with but it's like when you land in Taiwan you just do this sigh of utter relief and amazement because you are surrounded by honestly people who really do not have ulterior motives. They are just the sweetest, kindest people you will ever meet. I honestly only met one angry person who was Taiwanese in five months of living in Taiwan. And I interacted with quite a few people during my time, like in my day-to-day life and visiting with friends and acquaintances. It's like, I met quite a few Taiwanese people and only one slightly upset person who was taiwanese did i meet now i also met several foreigners that were kind of cranky in life in general not to me just you know walking out and about i saw several foreigners but i'm like for taiwanese no cranky people hardly ever one five months you also can walk around day or night and you are perfectly perfectly safe you don't have to worry about being threatened with anything i'm not saying that the the people there are you know absolutely goodness incarnate but i do have to say they are the closest i have ever come to that incarnate because they just are so very, very kind, and also very, very honest. I had more, I had so many people, like, when I went to go pay for something for dinner, they wanted me to see the change to make sure that I knew they were not cheating me. I'm like, I know you're not cheating me. You're giving me back, like, you know, 15 cents. It's okay. Even if it were wrong, I would not be mad at you, but I'm like, I have never been in a place where that was such a thing if I got lost I got lost a couple of times and those two times I literally had within five minutes of being lost and looking at my google maps going where in the heck am I what do I do I had like four people come up to me with their cell phones and their translators going how can we help you I mean I speak English very well but we can get you where you need to go so I really just fell in love with Taiwan. I'm like, if I ever meet someone who is like Taiwan, I will probably be a goner because, you know, Taiwan is my type of person. I mean, they're very kind. They're very nice. They take you by surprise. It's like one day I was sitting there after eating lunch and I was like, you know, it would be really perfect if there was a boba tea shop right near this restaurant. And then i look and literally two stores down, there is the boba tea shop I am thinking about. I'm going you know this almost feels like kismet so taiwan is something i fell in love with i'm like that's why i stayed for five months because my plan was to stay you know one to three months you know with the visa-free entry that they offer and then to go on to vietnam and thailand and do my thing there but after Three months I went to Vietnam and I had a horrible experience. 10 days I got back on the first plane I could. I was like, I told my friends I was going, you know, I have never disliked the place as much as I dislike Hanoi. And when I get to Taiwan, I hope they do not mind if I just kiss the ground when I get out of the plane, because that is what I feel like doing. I mean, honestly, I didn't ever miss the states since leaving. It's not that I dislike the states, it's just I haven't missed being back in the States. But While I was in Vietnam, I really, really, really missed being in Taiwan. So I went back for like two and a half months. Now, why did I leave this blissful place? And honestly, I have wondered that myself several times since leaving because I still miss Taiwan and I still plan to probably go back for several long visits. But the reason I decided to leave um, Taiwan was actually due to a couple of major factors. The first major factor is Taiwan has been having some trouble with mainland China. Now for those of you who do not know, Taiwan and mainland China consider themselves as somewhat connected although Taiwan has always had a democratic form of government whereas mainland China now has a communistic form of government. Years and years ago when China was taken over by communism and democracy fell in mainland China which I didn't even know about but that happened. So at one point mainland China was democratic. Who knew? But it just goes to show you what we don't learn in school. Okay so mainland China had democracy at one point, but when democracy fell and communism took over, the, the party that was democratic, as well as a lot of the people from mainland China moved to Taiwan and settled there and agreed to have one nation, basically two parties. So mainland China ruled with communism, democracy was the ruling of Taiwan. It has been that way since the Japanese basically gave the island back to mainland China and Taiwan has had this democratic system. In many ways, I would say that it's similar to the U.S., although I think in some ways it might be a little different because of the the origins of it, and it being in a different part of the world, but very, very democratic. Also, I noticed that women in Taiwan actually seem to have way more rights and better treatment than women in the U.S. Now, what I mean by that is, if you're a woman in Taiwan, no one treats you like you're less of a person than they do a man. Like, the women in Taiwan, they run businesses they sometimes take the kids to school sometimes their husbands do they do this of course in the states but oftentimes in the states i've noticed that especially in the midwest where i'm from women are kind of looked down upon or like considered second best and you know even like in my own family um my parents of wanted sons but they got daughters and you know there's nothing you can really do about that but i'm very glad to be who i am so i'm like i really don't care what my parents wanted i'm happy to be me but i'm much happier to be me in a society that doesn't sit there and go oh you're a girl and honestly in five months i never felt that anyone was thinking of me less or weirdly because i was a woman they just treated me like they would any other person i also think this is one reason why in taiwan they have gay marriage they're the first country that ever allowed um, gay marriage so i think that's very interesting because like if you're in taiwan you will often see same-sex couples walking down the street going on a date nobody even act surprised by this at all in the us where i come from people act like oh, i have no idea why i've always said this when i'm like it's not you going on the date so why do you care who's going on the date with who if they're happy good for them muzzle <laughs> anyway that is not how most people see it where i come from but i'm just saying so like in taiwan nobody seems to even consider this oddly or strangely in any way i saw many many couples they were like going just out and about they didn't have any fear any trepidation any concern at all now i'm sure if i had been there years and years ago it would have been a different story but when i was there nothing like that also i had several acquaintances who were taiwanese who said were you treated differently because you are not Taiwanese. You know, if you go to the rural areas, they will treat you differently, perhaps, and poorly because you are not Taiwanese. I went to a very rural area in Taiwan. Nobody treated me differently. I mean, I am sure that there were some people that were going, what is with that white girl with the frizzy hair walking down the street? But no one blatantly treated me differently at all. Now, I had several people ask, are you a college professor? I was like, Ooh, I look very collegiate. I'm like, no, I'm not a college professor. I'm a college student, but thank you. I feel so, so empowered now. I can maybe pull off being a professor someday. (laughs) But anyway, so I had several people that asked, like, if I was working there or what I was doing but nothing like um, acting strange because of my existence. The only people that I found very interestingly enough to have trouble with my existence were other foreigners. I had several situations where I never even talked to these people. I was just walking on the street and they would glare at you as you passed by and it was like, is it something I didn't do? But I was talking with like another acquaintance and like, well, you know, they might feel that you could be in competition with them because you're a foreigner and you might be working at a school and they feel you might be taking their job. I'm like, that doesn't even make any logical sense to me. But I think it's very weird that the only people who treated me strangely at all were other foreigners. And for the most part, other American foreigners. Now, I had one batch of foreigners who I met in a restaurant, like the probably the first month I was there and I can speak a little Chinese enough to order enough to say things politely. So I was making my order in Chinese and they could tell that I knew how to speak a little bit. So they asked me to basically help them with their order, which I did. And they were very, very nice folks. I think they were probably also kind of from the same area of the U.S. as I was when I was talking to them, but very, very nice. But for the most part, the foreigners were not very nice at all. I don't know why, maybe they were having bad days. I'm going, you don't even know me to glare at me. I mean, if you're gonna glare at me, it should be for something I actually maybe did, which I can't imagine me doing something to a random stranger that would make them glare at me. But anyway, and now for the teaching opportunities. They will tell you online that there are a bazillion teaching opportunities when you move overseas to teach English. What they don't tell you is there's like a bajillion ways that the schools are trying to hire people illegally in these countries. (laughs) Let me explain. So when I left the States, I had a couple of job interviews lined up for teaching in Taiwan. I also looked at teaching in like South Korea and teaching in Thailand. All of them, I decided to no, 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 no. The reason is I'm still in college. Once I finish my degree, I can teach basically anywhere I like to, probably double my salary and work half the time. I like this plan. This is a nice plan. I don't plan on quitting working at my current company online, but I do plan on probably doing that as well. But anyway, until that time, You cannot really work in the various countries. In Taiwan, you have to have an associate's degree or equivalent thereof from a college in the States. They will not accept. I have a British degree in interior design. They do not accept that for their degree. So... Uh, approval so i cannot teach in taiwan until i'm done with my business associates degree which will probably be in a couple of years because i'm not rushing things and i'm doing it at halftime so it's like i'll get done it'll be done maybe by then mainland china and them will have sorted out this thing that has happened i don't know maybe not but it could happen you know I hope springs turtle in this deal so anyway I'm like, maybe they can get that sorted and by then I'll have my degree and I can get a three to seven year work visa. If I work in Taiwan with the proper paperwork, you can get a three to seven year visa. They used to have a tourist visa. They don't anymore, it's gone. But as an American citizen, you can visit for three months at a time. You can keep repeating that visa run and visit as much as you want. I will say the second time I came back from Vietnam, I had a somewhat cranky woman in immigration who was convinced I was teaching at a school and was like, who are you teaching? You're working here. I'm like, I'm not working here. I've talked with your work department. I'm not working here at all. I'm just here to study and visit Taiwan and I'm not working at any school here but it was very hard because she's like why are you back so soon I'm like obviously you've never been to Hanoi or you wouldn't know why I came back to Taiwan (laughs) I didn't say that because she didn't seem to be someone who would take a joke but I'm just saying the second time I came back for my, basically, after my 10-day trip to Vietnam was a little uncomfortable, so I wouldn't recommend doing the visa run thing. I would recommend visiting Taiwan for three months, maybe twice a year if you like, and they are not sending combat drones or 12 warships from China like they were April. That was really fun times, and I was there for that. I was like, you know, I really hope they don't have a war. I'm like, nobody here wants a war. Everyone's sipping their boba, trying to live their lives in their democracy, sitting there going, we really don't want China to make the warships go over the border because then we will have to send our warships. I'm like, this is such drama we don't really have to have. But anyway, so that is kind of the... Reasons in a nutshell with that ramble of why I decided to leave Taiwan. Do I miss Taiwan? Yes, yes, I miss Taiwan. I miss the food in Taiwan. I miss the people in Taiwan. I really, it's like some of my students have asked me, they're like, what was the negative of Taiwan? And I'm going, honestly, other than that slight problem with mainland China, which is not so slight, there is nothing I did not like about Taiwan. So overall i cannot recommend this country highly enough for people who want to visit also if you have never been abroad before it is super safe you can be out i was out at midnight in the middle of taipei when an apartment i was looking at fell through i did not feel unsafe at all so you are perfectly fine now there are of course articles on the web that say there have been stabbings there have been murders there have been whatever in taiwan I would like to point out that the stabbings and murders are infinitesimally small. When you compare them with the shootings, the terrible crimes, the et cetera, that happen in the States, the numbers are not even relative to one another. So you are going to be perfectly safe if you visit Taiwan. No one is going to bother you. You might have people come up and ask if you need help, but that is all. And if you are a female solo traveler, I wasn't hit on once when I was in Taiwan. Now I had some very nice guys help me find things or get where I needed to go, but they were all extremely polite and they were not trying to hit on me. Now, when I went to Vietnam, that was a little uncomfortable. I don't think their mothers taught them well. I know. I'm just saying you don't look at women the way some of those guys were looking at women. I'm I just, uh, yeah, that was uncomfortable. but. Taiwan, no one's going to be weird. No one's going to bother you if you're a female solo traveler. For the language barrier issues, I would say I had no trouble with communication. Now, I sometimes had to pull out my translator, but it was not an issue. And oftentimes, they would pull out their translator and type into it so I could understand. Also, most people are fluent in some English, at least. Intermediate level, and a lot of them speak Japanese if they are 50 and above because of the Japanese occupation. If you like Japanese food as a little side note, they have a lot of Japanese-inspired food in Taiwan. Very delicious sushi. Haven't tried it myself because allergic to fish, but they have like ramen, sushi, a kind of Taiwanese noodle that's cold, but it's very similar to the kind you get in Japan. Lots and lots of similarities, mochi, takigori you name it, they've probably got it. Red bean desserts galore. Cost of living in Taiwan. The cost of living was not as affordable as I hoped it would be. Now, if I had been there with a long-term visa, I could have easily gotten a rental for a very good price. But as it was, I was spending about $400 to $500 a month on my apartment. Now, that's not a bad price to pay for the apartment, but Compared to what you can get for a long-term rental, that is a bad price for an apartment. Now, healthcare system in Taiwan is like in the top 10, according to one report I read online. So the healthcare is excellent. I fell ill on my first week in Taiwan. I was worried because um, I had been teaching like a crazy woman online. I was like a perfectly same person online and I was getting very sharp pains in my chest. So I was like, is this a heart attack? What's going on? I'm like, this is my first week here. I was really terrified to go to a clinic because I didn't want to have a huge medical bill because let's face it, when I left the States, I thought I'd have more savings, but I had to stay an extra three months because of some issues with the visa requirements in Taiwan. And Inflation was a real pain, and it cost me a lot more than I wanted it to before I left. So my savings was not the best. I was like, I cannot afford a $1,000 bill at a hospital or a clinic to get this checked out, but I did not feel comfortable not getting it checked out. So I contacted one of my friends that's in Taiwan, and they looked it up in Chinese and said, this is a clinic. You can take the MRT right to it. They will get you in. It's not going to be a lot on them. I went to the clinic. They literally got me in within 20 minutes. Without insurance, um, I talked to the doctor, in both English and Chinese, with my translator. He told me that I had just been sitting too long, hunched over. I do that sometimes. <laughs> He's like, you have to do this when you sit. I'm like, oh, I will feel like Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> when I'm exercising. So anyway, I now do this more when I sit, and I do not have those sharp shooting pains in my chest anymore as much. But anyway, I got medication. They gave me like five medications for the nerve issue. I forgot what it's called. But anyway, enough for like five days. And they took about 20 minutes of their time. They got me in within 20 minutes. I left there paying 15 US dollars. I was shocked. I'm like, you have got to freaking be kidding me. Because if I had gone to my doctor in the States, And it was not like a life-threatening situation. It would have taken me about a week to get into my doctor. It would have cost me about $400 with my insurance paying and about $50 with me paying. And that did not cover my medications for it. So I was a very, very happy camper and even more in love with Taiwan than I already was. So there you go. Now, With the transportation system in Taiwan, just a little shout out on that, the subway system, the bus system, I did not take the trains, but I've heard they're fabulous, were amazing. You do not need to have a car if you live in Taiwan. You can walk anywhere you need to go, even if you're in a rural area. You really don't need a vehicle unless you're like super, super rural. And you can get anywhere by bus all around the country the buses are like amazing coach buses and they actually have restrooms on them so if you're on a long trip it's not a big deal the Food prices in Taiwan are extremely reasonable. I ended up eating out most of the time for my last month or two there because honestly it was cheaper than me cooking at home. Also they do not really have kitchens in the apartments I was in so I was like you know what I'm going to the I ended up usually eating at Family Mart because the Family Marts tend to have healthier food to choose from. My favorite is the the adame and chicken breast with Barley and rice, very delicious, very easy. They heat it there for you. You carry it home in your little netted, recyclable bag, and it's fabulous for like literally three dollars, and huge meal. It's delicious. Now, also, when you're in Taiwan, you have to walk a lot. So if you're not into walking, it might not be a place. You can rent motor scooters. I did not have a license at that point. I will have one by the end of this August, probably. Yay, I will have my first license. Not, I get to ride the scooters. But anyway, in any country I went to, yay. So, but, um, you can rent a scooter. They also have electric bikes, but you cannot rent those because they do not have those available in most places. You can rent the U bikes, which are at most of the stations. You just pay a little bit with an Easy Pay card. You can get your Easy Pay card at any convenience shop. You fill it with money. It works on the trains, it works on the buses, it works in the convenience stores, it works in most of the restaurants, beverage shops, you name it. It only really doesn't work in like the mom and pop shops. Everywhere else, you can use Easy Pay. Also, one of my students in Taiwan says each each town has their own kind of Easy Pay card, but the Easy Pay card will get you any town in Taiwan. You can use it. Also, Click is an application which you would probably want to download if you live in Taiwan or are visiting in Taiwan because you can get really good deals on your tickets for the train, for the bus, etc., and it just gives you points that you can then use on future rides. Very, very nice. Now, I visited like half of Taiwan when I was there. I have not been to the other half. I'm hoping to maybe go back as long as, you know, boring... What do they call it? If they decide to basically block off Taiwan, I will not be going for a visit later on this year. But if not, I'm probably going back for a visit because I don't see Taiwan. (laughs) Plus, I miss some of my friends. I'm like... were really fun i'm i want to go back and visit them so it's like you know it's not the same when you just you know visit them on facebook or twitter or whatever so it's like uh, it's much better to see them in person and go out for lunch and all that fun stuff so anyway we'll see about that but the other thing is if you like brunch food there is amazing brunch food in taiwan and i still miss the cough milk coffees they have which are absolutely wonderful so all in all I can say first international trip, six months into it, this is part one because I really don't have room for part two on this recording. But I have no regrets. There's really nothing that I feel like I, you know, I didn't have this great homesickness for the U.S., which I thought I would maybe have. I really didn't have this great you know, um, adjustment period. Because honestly, I felt way more at home in Taiwan by like day one than I have felt in really any place except when I lived in the Black Hills of South Dakota and when I lived in Colorado in high school. Those are really the only places I've ever felt like home. It just really felt like the country just kind of comes in and gives you a hug and goes, it's okay. We know you don't speak Chinese, but you still will fit in here. It's like, the most weird and wonderful experience you could ever have. Now, I'm guessing if you were an extrovert, Taiwan would probably not be your destination of choice because most people I met in Taiwan are introverts. They're delightful. They're wonderful. But they also are very quiet and they tend to give people space, which some people would think means that they are standoffish. I never felt that way at all. Everyone is super friendly, but they are also very, very careful about your personal space and your personal self. I think it has to do maybe with the fact that Buddhism is the primary religion in Taiwan. Also, I think that's one of the reasons it is so very, very safe there. And you literally have no trouble with people stealing stuff. I think, like, by accident, I went to a concert in December, and I left my laptop bag at the concert under my chair. And I came back about 10 minutes later. My laptop, my bag was all there. My friend who's Taiwanese dropped her wallet in the middle of a busy morning market. For those of you who have never been to a morning market, let's just say, think Huge shops with lots of people walking around, and her wallet was picked up, taken to the police station. Nobody took anything from it. You just don't have trouble with people stealing stuff in Taiwan. I could leave my suitcases outside my house while I'm getting things up and down and whatever. No one's going to take anything because it is not their suitcase. Why would they take something that isn't theirs? That's just the way they think there. Now, that is another reason where it's like if i was going to pick a country to go to as a solo female traveler or with children i would pick taiwan as long as it does not get invaded by mainland china and have this big hullabaloo with that whole deal but as long as that is not a problem you do not have to worry about your children you do not have to worry about yourself it's extremely safe to visit so highly, highly recommend. Now, most people just go to Taipei. I'd recommend visiting different parts of Taiwan. I mean, you've got Taichung City, you have Sinshu, which really isn't a great place for views, but it's still an interesting city. You have Taroko National Park and Gorge, and Hualien, which is really cool to visit. You have Jifin. I mean, there are so many different things to see and do. And even though it's a very small country, relatively speaking, it really has amazing things to offer. I mean, you have the mountains that are literally three miles tall that surround. I mean, there are mountains in the heart of Tibet. You're taking the MRT, and there are mountains in green. I mean, I thought Ireland was green, but it is not the same kind of green. I mean, it just almost just sitting there, going, I really cannot believe. There were several times I was like, you know. I don't really feel bad being single, but I was like, this would be so wonderful to share with someone because look at those freaky mountains. Look at the, Bobati and the, the, the noodle shop. I'm like, wow, the, the, the beautiful national parks. I'm like, I sit there and I was like, I really pinch, pinch cannot believe I am here in this beautiful place. And I get to see this because this is literally amazing. So I cannot recommend Taiwan highly enough. And, you know, I was only there for about five months. But seriously, there was nothing bad or negative that really occurred of any monumental proportions. I had a couple of run-ins at the post office when I tried to mail the package. That was unpleasant. That was my one cranky Taiwanese person. They could not speak English. I could not speak Chinese. Apparently, that exasperated them. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm trying to use my translator, but no, I do not know how to use this machine to print off my label. If I did and I could speak fluent Chinese, I would be not asking you for help. I'm like, you know, I don't know what to do with this. So I ended up going to another post office. But other than the post office fiasco, everything was easy. For those of you who don't know, you have to go to the website. You have to weigh your package at the post office. You have to go to the website, print off a label with the dimensions, the weight, etc., what's in it. You have to bring back your printed label and your package to the post office. They can then mail it overseas. It's a very long and drawn out process. It took me like four days to get my four packages to my next stop. I was like... That was a long long journey but it got done three days before i had to leave i'm like yeah we got it so i would give taiwan a thousand stars, as it were, to quote the famous Taiwanese Thai BL drama series. So I cannot recommend it highly enough. And if you haven't been there, you definitely should add it to your list. It is also one of the cheapest flights from the US to an Asian country and makes a great stop before you go to like Japan or Singapore or China or Thailand or. If you want to brave Vietnam, I've heard Ho Chi Minh City is much better than Hanoi. I have no idea. I don't plan on going back for a very, very long time. But, you know, if you want to go do that, go do that. The food there is very good. But um, the other is kind of, yeah. So, anyway, that is my first part of my review for international travel, what I have learned. Also, If you are in Taiwan, it is very modern. I didn't feel there was any inconveniences or things I was missing by living there. Actually, I felt my quality of life skyrocket because, like, I could go out to eat, I could go out and get snacks without feeling like I was going to break my bloody budget, which I hadn't done in probably my whole life because I'm super thrifty and I do not like spending extra money. But honestly, that felt wonderful the other thing is you can buy basically anything you need in taiwan you do not need to bring buckets and buckets of stuff except for the tylenol the ibuprofen and the clothing issues everything else they have so that is my first part of my review check it at the round table bye